You're listening to These Interesting Times, Surviving 2020 in the Quad Cities, a literary anthology edited by Misty Urban and published by the Midwest Writing Center Press in Rock Island, Illinois. Exit 212, a high-bun essay of comfort food by Amy Penny. Introit. My New Year's resolutions from early 2020 included eating less meat because I've had to pull over at rest areas during my 30-mile commute to work more than once to weep for the piglets, their pink snouts crying through the steel slaughter wagon as the semis passed me on their way from southern farms to the processing plants north of my drafty arts and crafts home on the prairie. I was determined to slowly shift from pork ribs to portobello mushrooms with sherry sauce. By mid-March, the single IGA grocery store in my town was devoid of toilet paper, yeast, butter, most of the meat, soap, and cheese sticks. It was time to get creative, even if it meant the whole shift to veganism would happen in fits and starts. Highways became quiet, ribbons filled with courageous drivers, determined and still on time. Frank's Red Hot Buffalo Wing Sauce. Grocery shopping made way for a virus that took our breath away. Microscopic organisms shut down Michigan Avenue and local cupcake shops and even the cast iron pub on Sale Street. When trips to the grocery store suddenly required risk management and liability insurance, every excursion mattered, and we needed reliable condiments. Frank's Red Hot Buffalo Wing Sauce resurrected the remaining life in leftovers, from wilted celery to those yellow tofu crumbles dancing in their own slime in the back of the fridge. Frank's hides the aftertaste of the vegan beef and chicken I'd ordered pre-pandemic from a meal delivery service. Soon, I had to find something to disguise the meat's fraudulent qualities. Frank's became my pungent pandemic go-to with its delicate dance of vinegar and cayenne. I've always appreciated buffalo wing sauce in the past, but Frank's was one of the few condiments that never ran out at our IGA, and overnight it became a staple. Despair goes viral. Anxious gatherers cling to condiments for asylum. Gin. I'm normally a Tito's girl, but this pandemic screamed for gin and tonic. I found Bartram's a delightful balance of dry London gin and more herbal botanicals. Thank God Bartram's Sparkles and Sprite Zero, the closest thing to diet tonic I could find when IGA was out and I had to turn to Casey's for mixers. I tried Bartram's because Friar Tuck was out of Hendrix. Happy accident. But it's 30 miles to Friar Tuck's, which means buying at least two bottles at a time. Hoarding bottles in pairs two by two, preserving the ark, waiting for doves to signal rainbows. Bay leaves. I potted some last spring when the pandemic naturally meant we should all cultivate victory gardens. Our Penzen Street house sits on a corner lot, rich in black Illinois soil. The first spring we moved into this centenarian house, I planted packets of pumpkins, cucumbers, lettuce, broccoli, green beans, radishes, and tomatoes. I grew up a city girl, Atlanta, Denver, Charlotte, a brief stint near Fort Worth. 
transplanted city girls don't grow up knowing that packets of pumpkins next to cucumbers on top of lettuce and crawling with green beans means you'll get at least 200 times the pumpkins needed for two sons to carve up in October. Who knew green beans require something to climb on? Live and learn. Last spring, I nailed the perfect balance of radishes, greens, tomatoes, and herbs. Bay leaves endure summer heat and deep winter chill, cherish hope in rugged stalks. Spam casserole. I know. I resolved to be more vegan, but I am confident that no pigs are harmed in the production of spam. Besides, by early fall, all we wanted was comfort food, and I missed my mama's spam casserole, the proverbial taste of my southern childhood. Spam, macaroni noodles, canned tomatoes, cream of whatever you got, soup, and any version of yellow cheese that hasn't gone green in the fridge. Mama never wrote down her recipes. She cooked from her gut, and that's how I learned. Trial and error. Recipes are for perfectionists. I admire them, but I've never met a recipe I followed, except for my grandma's red velvet cake, which requires both skill and precision. Spam casserole requires only a commitment to comfort and toasting the spam first. Mama chopped it right from the can, but I improved it, crisping it to salty perfection. I wish I could share it with her now. She's been dead well over 20 years, but times like these make us miss our moms collectively. Watching mothers die this year stretched a mom-shaped wound in the fabric of our shared multiverse. My friend's mother died in a nursing home on Facebook Live. She hasn't had time or space to grieve this new breed of loss. Intimate and distant at the same time. I should make her a spam casserole. Families grieve distanced, ransacked, apart, microbe by microbe, forgetting whose mom is whose. Gardein Burgers We've established that my vegan resolution has met with substantial obstacles, including, but not limited, to spam. I am steadfast, however, in my quest to find decent fake meat. My best friend went vegan when her wife and children decided to go full-on vegan. Well, the oldest is pure vegan, while the other three decided there was no clear path to cheeseless food. And she got me hooked on Gardein. I've got the meatball version of these bad boys drowning right now in a stroganoff sauce in the oven. Over the Amish dumplings I nabbed last summer from one of the random Amish shoppies in Arthur, the carnivores won't know what hit them. I can't, however, cook a fake meatloaf that tastes like my mama's real thing. By Christmas, sheltering in place deepened the craving for comfort food. And while the meatloaf itself is tasty... The comfort comes the next day. Cold meatloaf sandwiches as late breakfast. Sliced loaf with a chilled glaze of beef fat atop undercooked bacon chunks settled between two slices of slightly stale white bread smothered in Hellman's, slathered on both sides of the bread, finished with fresh 42-degree, check that thermometer, Heinz ketchup from the upside-down bottle in the refrigerator door. Now that's a sandwich. If Mama had lived past her second marriage to Smirnoff's, maybe she'd have loved Frank's. But she died before buffalo sauce was as common as ketchup. 
She died before I finished developing. She died before she could laugh at me at the thicket of pumpkins and cucumbers scrambling all over my yard that first harvest. Whispering lunar incantations, midnights shake the memories as a madman shakes dead geraniums after T.S. Eliot. Pre-packaged chopped salads featuring kale. Our IGA's random assortment of kale salad kits are a lifesaver. Sure, they're overpriced. One could chop up kale, radish, slivers, and dried up carrots oneself, of course, but one doesn't. Those corrupt single-use plastic bags call to me from the bright lights of grab-and-go produce. If I should eat more kale anyway, the less time I have to spend thinking about its bitter leaves-from-my-yard texture, the better. I made sure to feed my husband and sons the healthiest foods I could find in the midst of food shortages and mass strangers. Plus, the store was always out of spinach. Green was hard to find. Shelves were barren and brown. Even yellow was bright as seen on TV. Mary's Gone Crackers. These are not available at Exit 212. They are shipped from the villainous Amazon Empire or from my online market of choice, Thrive Market, the brainchild of four millennials on a mission headquartered in California. Mary's brown rice and quinoa delights are manufactured in Reno, Nevada, and certified organic by the International Certification Services in Medina, North Dakota. Mary's black Pepper crackers are a natural mate for guacamole, salsa, cream cheese, whatever you can scavenge. They keep me connected to California and Nevada and North Dakota by my postman. They remind me that there's still a world out there at other exits off other highways we haven't been able to travel for over a year. They comfort with sea salt and soybeans the soybeans that will be planted right here in all directions this spring, regardless of how many more moms and dads pass away, or how many students drop out of school, or how many more local kids die from painkillers. Life will thrive in its next harvest. Spring's sowing is right around the corner, no matter how cracked we are. When the violet crocus bursts, Will brokenness recede or creep like bindweed pursuing victory gardens? Thank you for listening to These Interesting Times. This audio presentation is made possible by a partnership between WVIK, Quad Cities NPR, and the Midwest Writing Center in Rock Island, Illinois. Support for this project comes from the Illinois State Library.